Today, I talk to Marlene Ulz, a Swiss-born, multilingual global entrepreneur, executive coach, and board member. She has lived, worked, and studied in Europe, Asia, US, and Latin America. Marlene co-founded one of the world's first global coaching boutiques in Geneva over the last 30 years, IJ Martin & Co. Limited. And she is the managing director of the Singapore company for more than 10 years now. She's also passionate about promoting principle-based governance and developing visionary and ethical global business leaders. And she already told me that her long governance experience includes contributions to the 1997 Hong Kong post-handover corporate governance revisions. We will definitely have enough topics to talk about. And as always, when I invite guests to this show, I'm interested of what is not obvious, what is not written in the curriculum. I want to learn more about the human who impacts corporate integrity. Let us learn from Marlene's experience when it comes to corporate integrity in her field of expertise with global countries. I'm glad to have you here spending the next minutes together. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes? detect threats and take measurements to protect the most precious assets. As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be a board member, executive or non-executive, an auditor, an investigator, a corporate integrity leader, or on your way there. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact. Founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts with the different formats for corporate integrity leadership. With the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability. Yours and the one of your organizations. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us. Listen to the perspectives and experiences Marlene brings in today. Marlene, it's a pleasure to have you here, still virtually, but not less exciting. And you know me and my interest in the human behind the professional role. And I will focus on you, of course, your different roles, because I know you have many, and I already talked about it in the introduction, and your own personal experience when it comes to corporate integrity. Our listeners and I are so curious to learn more from your experience, but also about you as a person who strives for governance. Thank you very much to be here. Thank you for your invitation, Sonia. It is such a pleasure to be here. You know, this is a bit of a role reversal for me. Usually, I am the one asking questions. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever thought about this? There is no adjective for integrity in the English language. Yes, I did, Marlene. And it's really a problem, you know, because, for, because we know that it, the behavior of integrity and everything, and it's, it's so difficult for me. And for me, it's not, it's not ethical. It's really integrity. And 
But did you find one? I didn't find one. And if there are any native speakers out there, and I know you are because you are listening also to our podcast, please let me know the adjective of integrity. <laughs> it's a great well, one. And yeah, and you really mixed up now our, our ex entire program, but it's great also to start with a question from my guests. Thank you very much, Marlene. <laughs> so, but now you're not, you're not able to escape, you know, because I would like to start with the first question because you, I know you are an entrepreneur, you are a board member, you're an executive coach. So what role does corporate integrity play, um, play in your daily life, in your different functions and roles? Integrity is central to everything. We are in a people business where it is all about reputation and trust. With our clients, we create situations which could have a direct impact on the share price. For example, we help shape strategies or we coach CEOs before and after IPOs. And I can be a voice for integrity directly and via our clients. I can encourage a culture of integrity and trust, can question current practices and ways of doing things, look out for red flags and deal with them. I can add an outside perspective and I can be a critical friend. But you are a critical friend. So how often do you face the situation that it's also difficult for them to acknowledge what you tell them? Because often you bring up topics which are maybe not that easy, like integrity. How do you deal with that? Well, I'm not telling them. I'm asking questions. Good. <laughs> and that's the job of a coach. It's highlighting things, asking, opening their eyes. Have you thought about looking at the big picture? Have you thought about this and that? And the answers will come from themselves. From themselves. Did you also recognize, so over the last few months, for example, or maybe also the last few years, that... Um, the priorities changed when it comes to integrity with your clients. What I notice is there is a change more away from the legal side to the human side. That's what we can see a lot. There's much mm -hmm. more the human factor is being acknowledged. The softer factors are being looked at. And it's... This is, of course, because of the corona crisis, and this is maybe one of the good outcomes. You don't only have the two years of experience, not at all, because you have 30 years of experience as an executive coach. So if you look back a little bit and also maybe put integrity into the, you know, as a topic or a team, what changed over these last years? Well, integrity has always been central there's, of course, a lot of le legislation has come in and people are catching up. There's more and more uh, with, in line with globalization, of course, legislation came in and people's eyes were opened in different parts of the world. Everything has become more complex and interrelated. So there's a lot of things that have come up, subjects that were maybe not even thought of before. Working with different parts of the world where certain there were different, let's call it different interpretations of integrity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. And now when you also mentioned that, you know, different parts of the world, because we know already, based on your, your LinkedIn profile and the introduction, that you are also very active in the Asian part uh, of that world. So um, what, does, what does it mean for you? Because you are a Swiss-born um, <laughs> leader. 
acting also in the Asian part and also in, in, in other countries. So, you know, are there similarities, differences you could outline or what do we need to know? What are the challenges? First of all, I don't like concentrating on differences. I always start concentrating on like what connects us because there's people, uh, people in Asia who are much more like I am than maybe some of my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are cultural differences, diff values which are interpreted different. What comes first? Family. We have our legal systems here and so other parts of the world. They say, well, there, there might be a, a conflict between how that's interpreted when they say family comes first. How do you look at things? How these, these are issues that, that are different. Uh, there's certain issues that come with the development of a country. Mm -hmm. But salaries are much lower and people are much more struggling to make a living. That, of course, has an impact on, on various ways of, of doing things. There's a whole range of issues. But usually when I start talking to us, I listen. I go there. I'm not going there with my hat on with thinking I'm a Swiss mm -hmm. or I'm a European or whatever. I go to LATAM or I go to uh, Asia and tell them what to do. I just I go there and listen and learn, see how they take, what their issues are, what the, the challenges, the struggles they have. Was this now what you tell, told us? Was it now from the perspective of a, of a coach, of the executive coach, or was it the perspective of the entrepreneur? Uh, it's both, but more than anything, it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I'm interested in people. I love to, talking to people at all, you know, from every level of society. And when I go to Singapore, for example, I love talking to the taxi driver. I learn so much. Absolutely. And we can always learn when we listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can you can uh, contribute now also in the daily life uh, as an entrepreneur, as a board member, as an executive coach, that corporate integrity has more impact also on leadership level? What do you think can you do as a person, you as Marlene? First of all, I strongly believe that governance is a mindset. And it's not just about obeying, obeying rules. So what we need to do is like not hide. This is a simple example I'm going to tell you now. It's like not, behind, not hide behind contracts, for example, or enforce things when situations have changed. Like when a client becomes ill, it's, of, it's obviously we extend the contract duration. These kind of things. Uh, then lift the values that we preach to others. That can mean saying no to business. For example, when someone is in the wrong industry or when the client executive is not committed to being coached or when we are asked to manipulate feedback. Also, we believe in long-term relationships and not one-off transactions. Like some of our team members and suppliers have been with us for more than 20 years. We trust them. And that trust relationship is much, much stronger than any contract. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you, Marlene. And as you know, I'm also curious and I like to ask questions and to listen to you. I would like to shift now over to your own experience with, uh, with corporate integrity or with integrity as such. So what was the moment when your own personal integrity was under pressure? 
I received some very min minimal help from someone a while ago in getting a new mandate. And later, he reminded me of this help in an over-exaggerated way and then asked for inside information on some listed company clients or journalists who are interested in what we do. Can we stay with that first example? Because our listeners, some of them are very young in their own um, um, career, and I think they would be interested in, know, in knowing how you reacted to it. How did you cope with that situation? Of course, I would not go along with that. Yeah. That would be the end of our business. You just, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. Or another example, journalists who are interested in what we do, pretending they wanted to interview us. And then we find out very quickly that they were only interested in finding out more about our clients who are all global companies. And same thing, of course, we would not reveal anything or even admit that these were clients. Any other good examples with your personal integrity under pressure? When a boss of a client executive wanted uh, to manipulate the feedback report to fire a person. And of course, that was a no-go. It did have consequences. It meant we did not get any more mandates from that person, but it was okay. You know, yeah. we lived And you are always saying, we do that. Are you the, how, you know, because I know you have a team, you have a strong team, and how do you make sure that also your values, because you have very strong values of integrity, how do you make sure that also your team members follow that vision? Well, first of all, the recruitment process for our team members, we, it takes about a year, we make really sure that our values are aligned. And ethics are so important, again, because we deal with very sensitive information. So we do very thorough background checks, mm -hmm. get references. And uh, then in the end, we have this relationship. It's not, we have contracts because contracts are a necessity. They're hygiene factors. We look at this, uh, at it like that. But, you know, nobody looks at the contract all the time. We just want to do the right things. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is this difference between rules-based or principles-based. And we're just in a team and we, we all like each other. We just feel we have the same values and that is so important. Like a big that's why, maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's why I just say we all the time because it's not <laughs> it's a team. No, no, it's absolutely great because I know you have that team and I already learned long before we had that interview how you really... Um, how should I say, how you manage your team? It's not managing, but how you really nurture your team. And that's what I learned, I think, a few months ago when we had coffee somewhere in Zurich, you remember? Uh, yes. <laughs> so well, thank you very much. When you now, you know, when you reflect now on the situations where you were under pressure or maybe someone wanted to harm your integrity also business-wise, um, what would be your advice for the next generation of leaders facing such kind of situations? When in doubt, share your concerns and ask for opinions and help early. Because the longer you wait, the more you might get pulled into it and the more difficult it will be to get out of it. And go to an independent whistleblower body if necessary. And think longer term. Think about the consequences and implications for everyone involved. 
stick to your values, stick to your values and ask yourself, what would my mother say if this was in the media? That's a very good one, the last one. And a lot of people don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So our last block of topics we have, or I would like to go into is where do you see the trends and potential in your field of expertise, expertise, the executive coaching with regards to corporate integrity? When you define my field as executive coaching, I can I turn around is like we're dealing with leaders. I would not even say executive coaching is an industry, okay. <laughs> a vast industry. Uh, I will talk much more about the broader picture, if that's mm-hmm. okay, what our are dealing with, what our clients are dealing with. And um, what I believe there is that we will be recycling many of the issues that we're talking about right now, because history repeats itself. And sometimes I don't think we have not learned from the past. For example, 20 years ago, after the Enron and other scandals, it became a no-go to have auditing and consulting under one roof. How come it is suddenly okay to be back together again? It's a good question, Marlene. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we have to raise that. <laughs> and demands for stakeholder capitalism, SDGs and ESG, they're all called for integrity and transparency. These are not new issues. Mm. What is new is that they are being forced now. Because when volunteering doesn't work, legislation has to come in, a bit like a mandatory decency vaccination. We have made progress, but there is still much to do. EY's 2022 Global Integrity Report shows a widening gap between higher levels of integrity awareness and lowering standards. Mm-hmm. What shows the top managers and boards are more likely to act outside the rules than other employees. And they could also harm the, the shareholder value even more than normal employees. Yeah. Exactly. And then looking at technology and globalization, they are adding complexity and we need to legislate even more to block the loopholes in the rules. And there's even more need for integrity. It is a cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. And Technology-wise, if you look at algorithms, they need to be controlled by human judgment. Corporate common sense must prevail over blind machine intelligence because can-do is not the same as should-do. Yep. And will-do. And will-do is the next step, you know. I think the should and the can and the will, they are completely different. (laughs) Absolutely. I will add the Mm -hmm. (laughs) will-do. Now, examples of this is AI-based hiring and assessment processes. They miss atypical good candidates. They're based on the past, which is not always a predictor for the future. There's bias. They do exactly the opposite of what good HR people should do. Hire and promote for potential and skills needed in the future. And for soft factors like emotional intelligence. Technology must our tool and we must not be slaves to it mm-hmm. and how many people are slaves to the tools not even thinking and not even having the common sense and just follow without judging or professional judging what they have to do mm. that's a that's a very good question i guess we know the answer 
<laughs> and in terms of globalization, where I see the future, where, where inte integrity uh, will add value. For example, there's a very good chance also that more Asian companies will move into our markets and they will tell us how we have to behave to comply with their corporate and national mm -hmm. cultures. Because we see things from our way and we think that's right. Other people from other parts of the world, they see it in their way and that might be right too. So it's going to be interesting. We might have to, we, we will have to get used to that because they are, they're, they're very smart people around there and very hungry and they will not stay in their markets. And another trend is businesses have grown bigger than many nations. And they need to accept the power brings responsibility. Legislation should punish those which abuse their ability to influence. Because mm -hmm. if integrity does not drive them, then legislation must. Which is not as powerful, but maybe the last resort. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a permanent cat and mouse game. And that's why I keep saying governance is a mindset and we have to we have to do the right things and that's the only way how we can tie our people and we can if i can give you some examples about situations where from from different parts of the world about this and you can have legislation in place but that is just as a substitute for integrity it's a hygiene factor mm -hmm. So if you would like, and if you have some other examples, we are open to listen to you. <laughs> well, let me give you an example where the, the corporate cultures and, and national cultures might have clashed a little bit. There's like things that, that end up on my desk typically is like, such as corporate culture versus national cultures. Like different cultures can present conflict in global organizations because priorities may differ. For example, Western legally based definitions of integrity may clash with cultural traditions of group and family loyalty. The clash of cultures can happen when HQ hastily enforces a policy without considering the local implications. Which is a quite common issue, isn't it? If the headquarters is too far away of all the subsidiaries trying to implement the compliance management system, it's, you know, if they are not sensitized enough to the culture, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Now, I can tell you about an example. We'd have HQ hastily enforcing policy without considering any implications. They relocated a London-based HR head to a big Asian country. Now, he soon learned that the country head of a newly acquired successful local company was operating in the grey area. He was routinely paying commissions to agents in order to make business happen. Now, this was general practice in that country. The HR head considered this to be bribery and wanted to stop it immediately by firing that person. Well, this was naive and would have caused the business to collapse. It also looked like colonial arrogance. It's common, and these are common challenges we see um, when, you, when you act globally. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's ways of doing this, and I think we're all agreed that corruption must be stopped. 
it is illegal and it is harmful, but it, it must be addressed in an appropriate way. And people need to be trained and sensitized, you know, and they need to get to get also trained how to or educated how to get out of it. What are the procedures and what 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 can we do for them that they can really act in their responsibilities? Absolutely, because just imagine in this example, if if this person had gone over there and fired this guy right away, what would have happened? What what would who would have taken over? A person, uh, a foreigner, someone from headquarters. How would that have been received? What would what message would they have, would that have sent to the rest of the company? Or would you have just put another local person in there, thinking, oh, this person would do different? So many implications. You're, you're so right. People have to be educated, and they have to see the big picture. They have to see the benefits of good behavior. And they have to understand, and they need to know how to act when they are in such kind of a dilemma situation. But if they do not have the reflexes to identify the dilemma situation, you know, they cannot act um, accordingly. And so that's what I think it's very important that we are here to train the people and explain why they have to behave like that and not in the other way, even though when we have cultural differences or similarities. Absolutely. Yeah, it's about talking, it's about learning from each other, but it's also listening to their worries. Because you can have the best rules in place if this person is starving or cannot feed the family. Uh, what even comes first? Doing something to get the money in to feed that family or sticking to, to the compliance rules? Mm-hmm. Therefore, fair remuneration has to be in there and it's that the remuneration system has to reflect all these things that maybe when you have to change your system it would take it, it cannot be changed overnight absolutely so are there any other points you would like to bring in before i come up with the last question yes absolutely and this is when with unethical ethical behavior and what happens if beha- when you behave well, like good behavior can work in your favor. But also remember, eventually bad behavior bites you in the butt. And that's something one should always remember. And another point I would like to bring in with working with different cultures and learning from each other, it's a point about diversity because diversity is it breaks up cozy networks. And under stress situations, of course, people show the worst and the best behaviors. And therefore, very often people trust those people who, whom they've seen behave properly in stress situations. The downside of that is if you surround yourself only with those people, you have yes people around you and you have no diversity. And that, again, is breeding out for bad behavior. And therefore, one thing to remember is diversity is a disruption to corruption. Oh, that's a great one. Thank you very much, Marlene. <laughs> Any other point? Otherwise, I will really come up with the last no, question for you. <laughs> May I ask you? You know, you know the last question I always have, and I don't forget it. So, what is your wish when it comes to corporate integrity for yourself as a business leader? Yes, 
my wish is please let's try and avoid more legislation. Let's do the right thing. Think of the benefits. And remember, bad behavior bites you in the butt. Thank you very much. It was so interesting. Thank you for your contribution, Marlene. It was a pleasure to learn from your experience and I wish you all the best for your future. Also, when it comes to corporate integrity and juggling with all the different cultures, expectations and biases we have around in the world. Well, thank you very much to you, Sonia, and to all the listeners. This was the new episode of The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters with Marlene Utz as my guest. Following the motto, Corporate Integrity Secures and Empowers Individuals and Organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernimann and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye. Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget... Topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know.